0: Hello and welcome to another Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris here has over 30 years experience working with families and their children, whether that is babies or toddlers. I haven't heard a question she can't answer. So if you have a question for Chris, hello, Chris. <laughs> Welcome. Good to have you here. I am Siobhan Hunt. I'm from Kindling Conversation. If you have a question for Chris, just give us a call now. It's one kids radio which is one eight hundred five four 543 772 Or you can text us on 0437-665-200. Or, of course, we are also on Facebook. So you can jump on, search for Kindling on Facebook and ask your question, pop your question below the video first though comes our question from an exhausted nicole who wants to know why young babies sleep can be so varied nicole emailed us last week and she was asking Why do young babies, five and a half months in my case, change, fluctuate and sometimes regress in their sleep abilities so much? My baby went through a brief stage of sleeping eight to 12 hours per night and is now back to four to five. She's obviously able to go for long periods between feeds. So why the change at night? details for this yes. is she has around five breastfeeds over 24 hours and has been having solids two to three te- t- tablespoons three to four times a day for about a month I also have a toddler so the baby's routine is regular and consistent and she's in bed around seven thirty p.m each night at what point do I stop feeding her overnight and just try to settle her when she cries
1: Right. Well, there's a lot going on there, but your immediate question, which was why does baby sleep fluctuate? And I think that's a really good question because I think every parent at home wonders this. And it's because they're reactive to their environment and that they develop in different stages across that first year. They've got about, I would say about six or seven different stages they go through. And with each of those stages, their sleep routine and sleep behavior changes and differs. And in actual You know, babies under the age of 12 months, there's not a lot of babies that are just sleeping through every single night without the pattern changing. So there's a certain degree of normality in what they're doing and the reason for that is they just become more aware. So where she was sleeping a lovely 8 to 12 hours overnight, then suddenly she might have started rolling. So she was very aware of what her body was doing. She was waking up and she may not have been able to go back to sleep. But I can see here in your further information that she eats a lot of food for her age. So what might have happened there is she might have got a lot of food and therefore she's waking more because that's interfering with with her ability to have breastfeeds and so she's waking up at night for more breastfeeds. So usually we would look at the whole pattern to find out where the problem may be occurring from but lots of babies wake up you know in different stages and ages across the first year of their life. So that's the first thing that's why they do it. The fact that she could sleep eight hours and, and 12 hours and then it changed. My question to you initially, Nicole, would be, did it start changing when you introduced the solids? Because she's having two to three tablespoons of food about three to four times a day. And most babies are on three meals at seven months. So have we just gone in a little bit too fast? And so to fit that many feeds in, maybe she's not having really good breastfeeds and she's waking up a little bit more at night for that. So that would be one thing I would look at. I might just cut back the food and make her feed more efficiently. And the second thing is that in the time frame that she was sleeping eight to 12 hours, I'd go back to doing some resettling. So if you fed her, if you put her down, this is a for instance, because we don't have this last bit of information, but if you put her down at seven and you used to feed her at 10 and then she slept through till six, then you need to probably go back and resettle her from 10 till six to just give her back that message that she can sleep longer. So the first thing I'd look at is the quantity of food she's having and then maybe reducing it or dropping a feed because that's four meals in a day. And if she drops a feed, she's... Oh, you mean the drop the the solids, solids, not the breastfeed. Yeah, not the breastfeed, the solids. Because a five-month-old baby is usually on four Milk feeds in the day and one to two meals, and she's on four milk feeds and three to four meals. So she might just be eating a bit too much, and when you reduce it back a little bit, she's more comfortable and she sleeps longer at night. So there's a bit of variance in this that we don't know. And she says, at what point do I stop feeding her overnight? So normally, that babies don't require feeds overnight. When, like, if I was sitting there with a mum with babies in with Um, feeds at night be closer to seven months. So I think a five-month-old would still take a feed overnight unless they were just on their own sleeping through the night. So I think she would have one feed overnight.
0: So keep that one, Nicole, and maybe
1: in a couple of months revisit that. Yeah, I think around seven months I would revisit that.
0: Okay, well good luck with that, Nicole. And um, please remember that uh, you can give us a call if you'd like to... Yeah, Back and forth with Chris and then she can get some more help from you or get more yeah. guidance, I should say. So, how so should we, we can tailor right it advice? a bit more. So the number for that is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. This is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. We are also on Facebook Live where you can put your Questions there is underneath the video. This comes from Lucy, who has an almost nine-month-old son. For the past month, I've been having a ton of trouble with my almost nine-month-old sleeping at night. Up until this point, he has always slept really well. He can self-settle to get himself off to sleep and is breastfed. He's waking up every single hour, if not more often. And when he wakes up, I go into his room, try to put a dummy in, but he cries until I pick him up and feed him back to sleep. Mm. So he's feeding to resettle. Yep. He's also having two one-hour naps during the day. He has no teeth yet. Could this be the issue? Any help would be amazing.
1: Don't think it's teeth. (laughs) I think the issue is just feeding him back to sleep. It's the message that he's getting. Their night sleep pattern, they usually sleep in a window of about an hour and 10 minutes to two hours and 20 minutes, so somewhere in there is where they're most likely to wake, which sort of sings true to this. And then he gets breastfeed. So he's he's pretty gluey, he knows. And he's nine months old, so he's big. He may be able to pull to stand, he may not. He still might be just sitting or laying in the bed. Um, So this one is, I think, just a complete straight, He's just learnt to feed to sleep, so let's let's go on that line at the moment. If he was teething, he would be irritable day and night. He would be off his feeds. Um, you would know he didn't. He wouldn't be his normal self. And this seems like it's been going on for a little while, so I, I doubt if it's teething at this point. So the easiest way to do this is when they're waking multiple times at night, they're also getting very very overtired, and so what we want to do is break it. So if we just took all the feeds away, he would just scream all night and that's not going to help anybody. (laughs) That sounds horrible. (laughs) So the first time he wakes, so you feed him, you put him down in the evening. The first time he wakes, if it's 9 o'clock at night, you resettle him. The second time he wakes, you do a full feed, not a part feed but a full feed. Make sure he takes both sides. Wake him up. Make sure he feeds well. So in the hope that that would extend his sleep. The third time he wakes up, you resettle him. So if you resettled him at 9 and he woke at 11, you'd have to do a full feed, not just a quick top up or not just a few minutes, a full feed. Then if he woke up at 2, you resettle him. If he woke up at 4, I just give him a few minutes of a feed and then you get through to the day. You do that for a couple of nights and then what you need to do is set your boundaries. So then you might go, okay, if he hasn't extended his sleep by himself after a few days of doing that, then you go, okay, I'm going to resettle you till one. Then I'm going to feed you and then I'm going to resettle you till six. So you, in theory, just moving it to one feed overnight and then hopefully he'll learn to extend his sleep and then you just wean him off that last feed of the day. It's one of my standard sort of tricks to wean them off feeds before we actually go, actually, you don't need a feed and I just need to settle you. And you can take what you need to from there. But I usually do it every couple of days. I introduce the next step and the next step. So hopefully, Nicole, uh, no, hopefully Lucy, um, that might help you wean him back off all those feeds. Good luck with that. Nine months olds. They can is when do they do the separation anxiety thing? Somewhere between eight and ten months, but that's okay. not separation that's anxiety. Not, okay. That's where you can't go to the toilet without them screaming. Ah, that, well, remember let's that? hope that yeah, <laughs> let's hope that's not happening as well.
0: Uh, this is an email from Lisa. Seventeen uh, month old on son dropping to one day sleep. Yep. Um, he transitioned to one nap six weeks ago. Yep. He was napping between two and two and a half hours, yep. but in the last two weeks he he doesn't nap for longer than one and a half hours. He was going to sleep at 11, but now I'm putting him down at 11.30 after a morning snack. He has lunch when he wakes. He usually goes to bed around 6.30 as he's an early riser, waking between 6 and 6.30 with the occasional 5.30. We've experimented with a later bedtime, but it doesn't make a difference to waking early. He also has a breastfeed once when he wakes and once before bed. Do their naps shorten as they get older or do I need to adjust his feeding sleeping routine?
1: I would adjust his feeding sleeping routine at the moment. So we wouldn't would hopefully he would keep 2 hour nap till he's closer to 2, but that's, you know, every child is a bit different, but I think the primary problem here is he just needs to stay awake longer in the morning. So at 17 months I would be putting him down. I'd give him lunch at eleven thirty, I'd put him down at twelve, and I think that will pretty much level this out. And even if he only slept from twelve till two, that'd be pretty good. And if he woke up at two, you could easily get him to seven, which may or may not happen in helping you push out that morning. If you put him to bed at six oh you put him to bed at six thirty, so that's alright. That's the earliest I'd put him to bed. But in this case, I would put him down at 12 and see if that leveled it out. Just move him by 15 minutes every couple of days. At 18 months, I'd put him down at 2.30. Sorry, 12.30 and get him up at 2.30 and put him down at 7.30. So they, they at 18 months, they sort of push into that 7.30 window and out of that 7 o'clock going to sleep. So once she's got him going down at 12 and getting up at 2, he'll probably last till 7.00 and that will certainly help in some way her mornings. And then at 18 months, he goes down at 12.30, sleeps till 2.30, but he goes down at 7.30 at night.
0: Hope you've got all that.
1: (laughs) But if you don't, Lisa... (laughs) Put him down at 12, Lisa.
0: You can always uh, (laughs) listen back on our website at kindling.com.au where we will upload this later this afternoon. You can listen back to the Facebook Live, which will be on our website. Just search for Kindling on Facebook. And we also podcast. So there's many different ways. Ways. (laughs) Uh, I know, because I had Chris come over and help me with... With my little one, and I was so sleep deprived, I just I had to write it all down. down. So, if you don't have a pen right now, there's lots of other ways to catch mm. up, isn't there?
1: Yep, there sure is. So,
0: this is Kindling Helpline. Mother craft nurse Chris Minogue is with us. She also has a book called Bringing Baby Home, so that's all about the initial yeah. stages. And, and
1: it does have those like um, very basic rhythms in it, too, to help like putting him down at 12. At, 16 months.
0: Getting into a good habit early on, which yeah. I didn't. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is no. going to be about Sabrina, who <laughs> on Facebook has sent us a message. Her 19-month-old uh, old is a runner and a tantrum thrower. Oh. Um, and <laughs> What can be suggested if she throws herself on the ground while implementing these tactics so she's listened to other recommendations Uh, you've given for tantrums before, she will listen and if it's not what she wants to hear such as no or we cannot do that, she'll just flop. I pick her up to carry her and she goes limp yes. and it turns into more of a meltdown. Yes, I thought I'd mention we sometimes use a pran for her, but it takes two of us to strap her in and her being upset when she's upset until we get her out or she eventually deals with it.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a 19-month-old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she
1: what she's doing here, Lisa, is she's trying Sabrina. to become... Sorry, Sabrina. I'm one ahead or one behind. So Sabrina... Is she's trying to be independent and she's trying to work it out her way. And what you're doing is you're trying to put boundaries around it, for mainly for her safety by the sounds of it. So you have to choose your battle. So if you don't want her to walk and you haven't got the time for her to walk safely, as in you've got to slow it down and hold her hand, then I wouldn't even give her the idea that she could walk. So she would come straight out of the car and she'd go straight into the pram. And then she does what every other baby does is has a meltdown because you put her in the pram. And she's a bit confused. She's confused as to when you're telling her she's allowed to walk and when you're telling her that she has to sit in a pram. So we need to make those choices for her. And if it's not safe for her to walk or you don't have the time to walk slowly with her, then I would put her straight into the pram. And when I put her in the pram, I would put something in her hands to distract her. So you might have a toy in the car that you only use when you're going to put her in the pram. And that might help her to get distracted so you can lock her in. But nearly every single child does this at some point. The runner, she's 19 months old. I just wouldn't let her, and I know this is difficult, but I wouldn't let her run where it's unsafe. So if I can understand her being a runner in a park, but if you're going for a walk, Um, You've either got to put a safety lead on her, you know, one on her wrist and one on your wrist so she can have some length, um, or you just don't let her walk because she's too young to understand and they dart really quickly. So I think this one, um, you've got to be clear about what you're going to allow her to do for a start. The tantrum one, um, where she throws herself on the ground, I just stand by them and let them have their tantrum on the ground. And then when they're finished, I pick them up and then I take them away. <laughs> I have a lot of patience.
0: And a thick skin, doesn't care about the do beady not eyes nope. looking at her.
1: Don't care, don't care. <laughs> let her have the tantrum. When she's tantruming, it's you know, better that she gets that out of a system. No matter what you do while a child's having a tantrum, it will not make a difference. Mm. The only thing is, like you said, you can pick her up, she'll just go limp, and often they end up hurting you because they kick and thrash around and then they get into trouble for hurting you. Whereas to be fair, she's out of control, so she is. So as long as she's safe on the ground and she's having a tantrum, let her have the tantrum and then move her on from that. So time and patience
0: time and patience so we all need that.
1: <laughs> Wish they sold that. Wish yeah. an app for that.
0: Thanks Sabrina I hope that helps. Um, we have a comment and a question from Amanda. Yeah. She said we have great news. My son slept in his own bed for the last two nights. Thank goodness. Mis- ah, I'm just is, guessing this, this is, is someone
1: from
0: previous. A week or two ago. Yes. And I reckon in probably a two and a half or a
1: Three-year-old, four-year-old, yeah.
0: four-year-old. Remember oh, he had slept
1: in his own bed that and he was so in theirs and we were doing Amanda, I'm so
0: pleased because you were at the end of your tether with that and I don't blame you either. But now he won't eat his breakfast. Oh. Any ideas? Now he
1: won't eat his breakfast.
0: I won't tell you what I did, Amanda, <laughs> because it's not a very healthy option. So I'll <laughs> let Chris answer this as We'd all be healthy
1: Okay, so now he's sleeping through. He's decided to go on strike with eating breakfast. Wouldn't worry about it too much. I just wouldn't worry about it. So I don't would push offer it. no. If you push it, he's gonna push back. So all I would do is reasonable food, a reasonable time frame. So if he slept really well till six or five thirty and you give him breakfast at six thirty seven, then I usually say to parents I would have three things that are reasonable for their age, depending on their age. So it might be toast and fruit, it might be a cereal, it might be eggs, you know, depending. Um, I'd only give him choice if you've got time to play that game which is called the I know I said eggs but now I want toast um, so that's one thing, I give him a reasonable amount of time so give him up to 20 minutes and if he doesn't eat it, he's going to get a snack at 9.30 so he'll be okay yeah. So it's one of those parental guilt things that happen between your head and the food. And, you think they're going
0: to starve. Yeah,
1: it takes a long time to starve them. <laughs> <laughs> not one meal will not starve a child. <laughs>
0: I love it. Well, good luck, Amanda, and we're so pleased that that yeah. worked for you. And please let us know how it goes with breakfast as well and how you <laughs> get on with the 9.30 snack. You're listening to Kindling Line with Mothercraft nurse, mm. Chris Minogue. We're answering your questions now on Facebook if you want to... Jump on social media and ask us a question there, or you can give us a call. It's one eight hundred Kids Radio. We have a text mes- message, so you can also text us on zero four three seven double six five two hundred. It's from Harriet. She says she's got an eight-month-old daughter. She sleeps through the night from seven till six-ish. I'm wondering what a rough daytime routine would be. Mm. She's dropped her third nap. It was either too late or she just rolled over and wouldn't sleep. And she seems to only want three bottles a day. She has three solid meals, no snacks yet. sleeps for one and a half hours-ish twice a day. How long should she be awake for at this age and how much daytime sleep is enough for her? She doesn't seem to have any tired signs very often, but falls asleep fairly easily when I put her down. She self-settles with a million dummies in her cot. She's sitting up, rolling, but not, not crawling, crawling.
1: Yet. I think you're doing really well. You've got all the essence of what we would do for an eight-month-old, so two sleeps, they usually have three to four milk feeds and she's having three. So that would be breakfast, lunch and dinner. And she's having three meals, breakfast, lunch and dinner. So the time frames that I roughly use for an eight month old is the first wake up of the day is about two and a half hours. The second one is about three hours. So from when she wakes awake for two and a half hours and has a sleep, she's having a good sleep of an hour and a half. Then usually three hours, so sort of from 10 till 1 she's awake. Then she has an afternoon sleep from, say, 1 till 2.30. And then she goes down again at 7 o'clock in the evening. So she's actually doing really well in all that you've got going. So the time frame is two and a half hours, then three hours awake, then three to three and a half hours. And at nine months, the only difference is that she stays awake for three hours in the morning. And she's actually having the right amount of sleep. She's having three hours generally. She's having three hours. And they usually oscillate between three and three and a half. So I think you're doing really well. Um, and if she's getting up at six, I'd put her down at 8.30. She sleeps till 10. I'd put her down at one. She sleeps till 2.30, quarter to three. And then I'd put her down between 6.30 and 7 o'clock at night. Doing well.
0: Yeah. So uh, I was reading that going.
1: Harriet. Yeah, you?" you chicken well. chicken goats yeah
0: the next um question comes from Annie as a text hi ladies i texted you about my now just over 13 and a half month old about 3 weeks ago chris you advised that he was probably going through the 2 to 1 transition which i'm st- sure is is the case so would you agree that it's time to drop the short nap and bring his nap to 11:30 yes Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's good you've got a yes, but there's more. When I shortened the first and he shortened the second, well, that was fun. (laughs) So his day would look like wake at 6.30, nap at 10 till 11.40, as it would take him about 10 minutes to self-soothe. Nap again after three and wake at four. Only problem is he hardly wakes after six these days. Would you still bring his naps to 11.30 if he wakes at five and if he only naps for one and a half hours or, if unlucky, 40 minutes?
1: Okay, so the second part, all that that's been happening is usually when they're overtired. So that's where the five o'clock is interfering. So when he wakes at five o'clock, I give him a very short sleep. You almost have to go back to two sleeps to get him more rested before you transition him into one sleep. So I think he's got himself a little bit overtired. So what I would do with a 5 o'clock wake-up is I'd probably give him about 20 minutes at 8.30, so that's 8.30 till 9, and then I'd put him down at 12.31 and then do that. Now, I would actually do that for three days, get him out of that tide and then have another go go going back into putting him to bed at 11.30 to see if it'll work. So, I think he's got himself overtired in the transition. So, go back, give him a tiny nap, like 20 minutes in the pram or the car, and one big sleep. That'll develop that big sleep again, and then do the transition again. And you might find it'll work then.
0: All right. Good luck, Annie. This one comes from Lauren. She says, hi, Chris. My milk has slowed pretty to, pretty much non-existent since I started working. Yeah. I transferred my seven-month-old to formula, but he won't take it from me and refuses the boob. What do I oh, do? Oh, no.
1: So does he take it from someone else? Hmm. Let's assume that he's just not taking it from you, but he is taking it from someone else. Um what to do with this one we actually need a bit more information for this one I think because we're not sure if he takes it for someone else or he's not taking any at all so if he was not taking any at all I would put the milk into an open cup and sit with him on your lap because they're always interested in an open cup and just gently sip it so he sips little bits of milk and gets used to that If he's drinking happily from everyone else but looks at you as if to say, no, not going to do it, then I would still try the open cup when you needed to do it. But, of course, it's less of an impact because it's not as frequent Mm. as if he had flatly refused to take any bottles. I think in this one, I need a little bit more information. Lauren, if this Sorry is a about comment... That, Lauren.
0: That's okay. If it's a comment on Facebook, Lauren, you've still got time to jump in and give us a bit more detail and we'll try to come back to you. It is... Um, we'll come back
1: next week. We might have yeah. to come back
0: next week because we're running out of time. Or Lauren, email us as well with a bit more detail. Even your number, we can yep, call and, and try we'll and fix this call. out. I'm assuming that someone is he's it's getting it's food, food some... somehow.
1: No, no, he'll be getting food. This is just about the, the fluid, food, but I... If he's taken it from dad and the daycare and won't take it from mum, then I just change what the approach to it for that. Okay, for well, that. Maybe,
0: maybe send us a message, Lauren, and we'll try to we'll – tweak it, it next week. Yeah. So just a few um, before we finish up. Jasmine has an almost three-year-old, yep. has a afternoon sleep uh, from oh. 4 till 7 p.m., then will wake and not go back to sleep until 1 a.m., and sleep in till nine thirty am. Wow, Jasmine. that's that's crazy.
1: <laughs> What's the answer to this I, one? What, don't ask me. You're the expert. <laughs> don't let her sleep from four till seven. So um, she's three. Um, so she's she's just got her whole biological clock back back to front, basically. So um, she is sleeping from four till seven. So she must be trying to push through the day and can't quite make it. So what I would probably do here is at four o'clock when she's tired, I'd put her on the couch and let her have 20 minutes and wake her up and she will be nasty to you, nasty, Um, because her blood sugars will be low. So you might have to have lots of patience for a couple of days when you wake her up at 4.20, 4.30, and then you start to put her to bed earlier. So I would, off a 4.30 start, I would probably put her to bed at about 9 o'clock that night Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: that we're sort of reducing her awake time. And if you put her to bed at 9 o'clock, she'll probably wake more around the 7, 7 7.30 mark. And then what you're going to try and do is get from 7.30 in the morning all the way to 6.30, 7 o'clock at night without letting her sleep. So you'll need all your tricks up your sleeve, um, maybe some water play at 4 o'clock. You could give a dinner earlier, like at 4, 4.35, so she's not getting into that where her blood sugars are dropping because she's tired. So see if you can just draw it back. So the first thing you have to do is you have to reduce that sleep. So even if you start with 4 till 5 and put her to bed at 10, and then do 4 till 4.30 and put her to bed at 9.30. And then you need a few days, about 3 or 4, where she has no sleep at all and you'll put her to bed around 7 and she should sleep till about six thirty-seven.
0: Good luck, Jasmine. Actually, Good I luck. can't believe I didn't answer that because I've yeah. heard so many times from Chris that her golden tip is <laughs> yes. for them to have five hours of awake time, time before they'll go back to sleep. Well, yeah, And I only know that because my son... Sometimes sleep <laughs> late, and it's a shocker, anyway. Good luck with that, Jasmine. Yeah, just like to apologize to Stacey and Candace, anyone else we didn't quite get to today because we've run out of time. Um, but we will answer those questions next week, um, or we'll try to answer them next week. So please let us know if you'd like Chris to get back on to it. Then, Chris, thank you so much for it's your time. A pleasure. Today. Thank you all for your questions and um, we will, of course, be back next Monday at midday with Chris. So make sure if you want to reach out, you can do that on text on zero four three seven double six five two hundred, or email conversation at kindling.com.au.